Hi, this is Cliff Rohde, owner of Goat Cloud Communications. We had a really terrific conversation with Jeff Garonkin, who is the CEO of Urban Coworks in Schenectady uh, and is also a partner at Buzz Media Solutions. Jeff and I talked about uh, his role at Urban Coworks, what Urban Coworks is, uh, and also importantly, many of the uh, technologies that he uses to get the job done. For full disclosure purposes, we want you to know that we do rent space at Urban Coworks and we believe in it, um, but this is not a puff piece about Urban Coworks, but it's an interesting bit of insight into what Jeff is up to. And really that's what we're trying to accomplish here is to allow local business leaders talk about what makes them successful so that maybe you can take some of that home to your own shop and uh, apply it there. Thanks for listening. I am here today with Jeff Garonkin. I could not be more delighted to be here, Jeff, chatting with you. Thank you. Um, thank you for uh, agreeing to go on this podcast. Of course. And uh, so what I like to do with this podcast is get to know a person a little bit better. And then, of course, really the, the focus is technology. So learn a little bit about the types of things that you do in your business to make use of technology. Um, digital communications, that sort of thing, uh, to make your professional life better and more effective. All right. Well, so, first, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I'm Jeff Garonkin. I am a partner at Buzz Media Solutions, which is a, uh, a marketing firm located in Schenectady, and I'm also the CEO of Urban Coworks, which is a co-working space also located in Schenectady. And uh, Buzz Media Solutions happens to be one of our members at Urban Coworks, so it works pretty well for us. Well, and full disclosure, I happen to be a member at Urban Coworks as well. That's right. Um, and I couldn't be happier to be doing that, i got to tell you. The, uh, but tell me, how can you possibly do two things like that? It seems like two full-time jobs. Uh, yeah, it actually has become two full-time jobs. And we recently hired somebody at Urban Coworks to um, take up some of the slack. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's been really, really good for us. Uh, we started Urban Coworks about three years ago. We were actually the first members of what was once the Electric City Innovation Center. It was a co-working space. Um, we acquired that business a year after we moved in. So it worked for us because we were already here. And there weren't a lot of members, and we figured, well, what we really need to do is kind of let the people know what we do right. and hang an open sign on the front door, and, uh, and then we'll get more members, and we can pretty much manage it with, um, with, with the staff that we have at Buzz Media. Cool. And that worked for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but then as we've grown over the, over the years, the membership has grown, and we're doing a lot more events, doing more frequent tours and things like that. So we really needed somebody to, to help us out. So I will have to get some images up with this podcast so people can see what the co-working space looks like. Yeah, because it's a it's great beautiful. space. Yeah. It's the old quirky office, right? Downtown Schenectady, yep. above Johnny's. And But I was going to say, I don't know that everybody knows what co-working means. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, that's actually one of the biggest challenges that we had in markets like you know Boston, Cambridge, New York City, Chicago, um, Austin, Texas. There are so many co-working uh, spaces within a few square miles. There's you know, dozens of them. Um, <clears throat> and it, 
that's really where these uh, where this concept started in the big cities, uh, because real estate was uh, is very expensive, and people need a place to work. There's a lot of creatives out there, uh, consultants, uh, people who work from home, and they need a place to come to work. And coffee shops just don't cut it if you want a professional environment. So that's kind of how this concept was born. It's more of a membership rather than a, a long-term lease. Mm-hmm. And it's all inclusive. It's like going to a resort. Um, you get your printing, your Wi-Fi, um, access to our events. Everything is included, your desk. And you just come in with your laptop and you get to work. Yeah. It's a, I, I told your community manager today, Kristen, that the furniture here happens to be better than the furniture in my house. Uh, this, uh, the, we did not skimp on furniture. It's all Herman <laughs> Miller furniture. Yeah, so no, it's, it's super comfortable. It is. It's a great space. You know, a lot of my clients, I find, um, are entrepreneurs, solo practitioners, and they do. I mean, I, it seems, uh, at least with my clients that are kind of down closer to the city, that it's not like they set up shop here, like in a place like this, but it seems like they use places where there are a variety of offices they can go to. And by the way, I'm just going to interject that you may be hearing this crazy background noise. There are some birds on the roof above us, which you do not hear while you're working. We're in the, yeah, that's one of the challenges office. of having an industrial space. We have a metal roof, and the pigeons like to hang out up on top of the roof, and yes. we can hear them. It's a busy day for them. <laughs> but so, and, that, and this is different, it seems to me, or is it different from those types of scenarios where you can like, get a chunk of office time in a number of different offices? Around yeah, most of the people who choose to work from here um, choose this as their main office. Now, there are other co-working spaces in the Capital Region, but you know, the closest one is about a, you know, 20 to 30 minutes from here. So I think many people decide where they want to set up shop based upon where they're located and um, the community that they prefer. So um, the people that come here will work here. They don't, they don't, they're not mobile. They don't go from place to place. Mm-hmm. Some people do. It's very, a very small percentage of our members have multiple memberships at co-working spaces. Yeah. So what are some of the biggest challenges, and I guess maybe segueing mm-hmm. perhaps <clears throat> into some of the technology stuff, but what are some of the challenges of managing a facility like this? Well, I think our biggest challenge... Um, really is educating the community about what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've, we host a lot of events. Uh, we're big on social media. Uh, we're, we're constantly you know, bringing people in to show them the space and get them exposed to this new way of, of working. Um, and over time, it has definitely helped. I think that we're making an impact. Mm-hmm. When we first started, if you were to ask anybody who came to one of our events, have they ever heard of co-working before? Nobody would raise their hand. Yeah. Now, just about everybody does. And this is, I'm sorry, how many years later since it started it's, again? It's been about three years. Okay. We're on the third year. Yep. Yeah. I noticed there's a spot up in Saratoga also? In Saratoga Troy. has got a, um, a couple of co-working spaces. Yep. And Troy has um, the Innovation Garage. Uh, they also have one in Albany and... The first co-working space, Beehive, is located in Albany, and that... Wait, first co-working space anywhere? In, in, oh, I'm sorry, or in the Capital in the, in Region. The uh-huh. In the Capital Region. 
Uh, Tracy Metzger owns that co-working space, and we actually did their grand opening through Buzz Media mm. in 2010, I believe. Yeah. So she's been doing it for a while. Sure. Yeah. Well, you too. But it, so, what drove you to into co-works? Yeah, I love the concept. I love the community here. Um, on any given day, you've got people from outside, of, you know, of the space coming in to meet with other folks. There's, uh, it's very vibrant. There's a lot of collaboration that occurs. Uh, some of the companies here will hire other companies mm-hmm. and consultants to do work uh, for them. Uh, there's uh, community projects that are that are done here. It's just a very fun, fun environment to work in. Mm-hmm. And the culture here, I think, is very different than you might find at a big company. So when you when you go to one company and you're working for that one company it's inevitable that politics will start to kind of um, emerge and have an impact on people's daily uh, operations. And, uh, here, there's really no politics. Everybody works for themselves, but then people also work together at the same time. So it's a very interesting dynamic. It's almost like you're always at a networking event or, you know, and, you're, and everybody's on their best behavior and things are good. It's just a very positive, fun atmosphere to be in. Yeah. Describe yeah. the mix, if you were, the, the, the companies and the yeah. people who... So, as opposed to some of the co-working spaces that you might find in the big cities, um, we don't have a particular niche that we go after. Um, for example, we're not only going after software companies. Um, we, we don't have uh, just creatives or, or anything like that it's more like a you know a kind of a living chamber of commerce where everybody's here uh, different backgrounds we've got folks that do HR we have folks that do creative work like you know building websites and digital uh, managing digital media we have a nuclear engineer here uh, attorneys just about anything we also have nonprofits right. so What's nice about that, it, it creates an interesting dynamic where there's a variety of skill sets and connections to the community. So people can kind of take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like quite a mix. So I, I did promise we are gonna talk a little bit about technology. So tell me yeah. about some of the types of technology that you deploy at Urban Coworks to make it work. Yep, so technology is interesting. We actually have an event venue in our space. So. If, um, so if your listeners haven't heard of or seen uh, Urban Coworks, there's two floors. Uh, it's about 23,000 square feet. The, uh, it's the fourth and fifth floor of 433 State Street in downtown Schenectady. We're located above Johnny's. The fifth floor has a big hole in the floor with bleachers that cascade down to the fourth floor. And that is what we use as our event venue when we have our monthly uh, networking events. We do Startup Town Square, we've got Small Business Night, um, and a variety of one-off events that we do. So that theater has uh, surround sound, and there's a rear projection large screen uh, that's right in front of the bleachers. So we have a projector room 
behind this screen, which is painted black. That mm -hmm. also serves as the elevator room. So when we're hold, holding events, we'll close off the doors, turn all the lights out, and then we project from that room to the screen. And anybody sitting on the bleachers can actually see pretty vividly uh, what's being displayed on the screen. So the projection is behind the screen? It's behind. I did not know that, okay. A lot of people don't know. Yeah, all right. But the only reason why it works is because it's behind. Gotcha. Because it's such a large, uh, large image. Yeah. And then there's two flat screens that hang from either side of the bleachers mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> that, that we also have. Then we've got, um, well, there's Wi-Fi. Um, that we have throughout the space sure. with a series of uh, access points so people can access the Wi-Fi with their mobile device or their you know, laptops anywhere in, in the space. Mm -hmm. um, or even out on J Street, I've been able to get access to it. Okay. It's pretty strong and it's pretty fast. It's um, 100 megabytes uh, per second um, fiber and we may be increasing that, I'm, I'm not really sure, but we might be increasing that by the end of the year. Uh -huh. um, let's see, what other kinds of technology? That, that's pretty much it. Um, we're pretty lean when it comes to that. Right. Well, and I know I've noticed people bring their own stuff in, but I guess in Connect. Um... Yeah, we don't have phones. No, we can. that's right. We yeah. can have phones, <clears throat> but it's just a new age. People don't talk on landlines as much as they used to. Right. Especially people who are more mobile, uh, you know, consulting, do, you know. There's no need, if you have a cell phone, that, right. that, that's basically good enough. Well, I know that is my office, right? You carry my office around wherever I go. Oh yeah. Right on the phone. Yeah. Um, and I know there are, um, I mean, this isn't really a technology thing. In fact, it's like, uh, what, wood and canvas and stuff but there are those mm. phone rooms that you can kind of check into to talk on your own phone yeah right? so that's uh, privacy. that's interesting one of the challenges that we have in this space uh, because it's such an open environment we have open seating but we also have private offices um, polished concrete floors exposed steel um, high ceilings it looks really cool but it's a recipe for noise mm. so we deal with the um, uh, with the quietness of the space by um, introducing white noise into the space. Huh. And we also have privacy pods. So if anybody has to make a phone call, they can pop into a privacy pod and make a phone call. Or if they just want a quiet place to, to work for a little bit, they can go in yeah. to one of the larger ones. Now, I have to ask about the white noise. Is that yeah. always going or is that something else? That I I, I personally have not really noticed. Uh, yeah, like, so what we did so is um, we, we have speakers throughout the space and we've uh, utilized some white noise um, loops. And, uh, but this time of year in the winter and, and in the summertime when it gets you know, pretty warm, we've got uh, probably at least a dozen or more AC units in the space. Uh. And we'll just put a couple of those to um, constantly be on the fans oh, so those circulating provide the air. White noise as so well. that's also a, a white noise solution. Yeah, sure. So yeah. what about, you were talking before about, um, or I wanted to switch a little bit to the technology you use to actually kind of promote the business. Sure. So you were talking about social media 
as an outlet that has helped to generate attention to the co-working space or? Yeah, so um, in terms of, uh, yeah, so digital technologies that we use. Yeah. Um, so outwardly we use, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Twitter. We, we basically leverage as many social media channels as we can. Sure. Um, for internal communication. Wait, pause right there for a second. Okay. Which of those has been the best for you? Can you identify? I would have to say Facebook. Really? That's where we're most invested. See, I would think LinkedIn, but no, Facebook. Yeah. And why? I actually think that people are more engaged on Facebook in the conversations than they are on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So LinkedIn's professional. Um, I don't think as many people scroll through LinkedIn as they do on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons. Um, another reason is um, we can build our audience really well on Facebook. It's not as easy to do that on LinkedIn. Please explain what you mean by that. Well, are you talking advertising or? Yes. Okay. Advertising. So we'll, we do paid ads on uh, Facebook. Okay. And those have worked out pretty well for us. I mean, it, it's very challenging trying to define what our market really is on Facebook. So we're always kind of tweaking out mm -hmm. the demographics. Yep. Um, sometimes we'll have campaigns that bring in a bunch of people. We show them around and they all just sign up. Other times we'll do campaigns and nothing happens. So, we, you know, Facebook allows us to play around with our audience in different ways in order to, you know, maximize uh, those dollars. LinkedIn, we're just getting started on uh, the advertising, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have as many um, uh, uh, demographic choices as right. Facebook. Yeah, there are so different kinds of choices. It's right? different. It's all LinkedIn. based on your title and the kind of company that you work for and right. things like that. Mm -hmm. So we're still experimenting in, in that area. Okay. But Facebook has shown to, to work pretty well for us. We also do a little bit with Google Ads. Um, we do a lot of uh, just organic social media. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of things going on in our space. So we're, right. you know, we promote our members and we promote... Um, different things that we're involved in doing here mm -hmm. and the events that we do. Yeah. With, um, so you, you mentioned Instagram and Twitter. Do you use those, those necessarily get a return from those or not sure? You know, that's kind of one of the challenges of social media, right? Is there a return yeah. on investment on the time spent or money? But Yeah, so um, <clears throat> Instagram and Twitter. You know, Twitter maybe not so much, but mm -hmm. we do have posts that will go out to Twitter yeah. um, through Facebook. I personally find Twitter a pit of snarkiness. Yeah, do you use it personally? I hate it. Honestly, I hate it because, I, I because of that. I personally don't use it. There's so much negativity. But I mean, yeah. I know that people do, there, and I think particular professions often will use Twitter. I know it's um, big um, with people in the media. Yes. Yeah. And hopefully they're not being snarky the whole time. Right. Just in their personal time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, now, what about with the events? What do you use to promote them? I mean, the social media, of course, but how do you uh, like organize registrations, for instance, mm -hmm. for the for the events? Sure. Um, typically, Eventbrite. Mm -hmm. So. And why? 
it's easy. So we would do you charge it. for your events? We do. Okay. Yeah. So typically the events will range from ten to twenty dollars. Okay. We also have a partnership with the American Marketing Association. Okay. So they will schedule some events here throughout the year. Mm -hmm. um, they also hold some of their meetings here as well. Um, so we have a variety of events. We've got one coming up in um, March. We're focusing on uh, a particular company that's in Schenectady called the Institute for Clinical Pharmacodynamics. Uh, Paul Ambrose is their president, and he's going to be coming in to talk about uh, uh, drug discovery and what that company, you know, how that company plays a role in that space. That's one of the nice things about this platform that we have here is that we can highlight uh, businesses and uh, local business leaders in the region that people might not know about. Mm -hmm. So this company is doing some pretty big things. It's a pharmaceutical company, and nobody knows that they exist. Huh. And they're right, they're right down the street in yeah. Schenectady. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> the way we're going to be getting that message out, um, first we go ahead and we create the event on um, Eventbrite. We promote it through Facebook. We, have, uh, we use MailChimp okay. for uh, email marketing. Yep. And we have a pretty extensive list. Uh, we have a few thousand people or more. Um, uh, in that database. So you pay for MailChimp, it's not free anymore. Correct, yep. yeah. Yeah, we've got yeah, thousands of people in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but it's worth it because it reaches the people that, that are interested in what we're doing here. And, uh, and it helps us get a decent uh, 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 gathering at our events. Right, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and then most people self-select, so you know, the event that we have coming up next month with Paul Ambrose is, um, you know, focused on, uh, you know, bio. So I'm sure people that are interested in that um, will hear about it and attend. And that might not be the same crowd as somebody that might come to our small business night that we're hosting next month um, that is uh, on the business of doing business. Mm -hmm. So you might get people attending that particular event that are interested in entrepreneurship. They have their own company. They might need some support on the legal side or um, the accounting side right. and want to get more information about that from some thought leaders. Um, but then you might get people that want to go to both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, getting the bodies in here is a great thing for Urban Coworks, of course, too, right? To it's a great way to market the space. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm just thinking with Eventbrite, is there a reason you chose Eventbrite rather than say, doing it on your own? I mean, you said it was easy, maybe that's just it. Because uh, right, you gotta pay Eventbrite forever, yeah. right? For every transaction. Every transaction, it's a couple of bucks for the transaction um, on top of the, um, uh, uh, the fee to get in to the event. Right. Uh, but they do such a good job at um, facilitating that process so people can pay through the platform mm -hmm. to do it um, versus doing it another way where you might have to create your own system and right. bill everybody out. Yep. So yeah, it's worth it. It's kind of, a, that's one of the things that I often talk about with people too, right? Because there's that issue of building the wheel again. Yeah. Um, although 
sometimes you know if it, it can make sense if you're going to be doing something a lot over time and you can sort of pay that fee up front to get it done and then it's your service mm -hmm. and then you know you don't have that transaction fee well that's interesting that you term. should say that because when we first started our marketing firm yes we were doing th um we were communicating this with is our buzz we're talking about buzz now. media solutions yep. We were communicating with our, and still are communicating with our clients every single week to give them an update on, on their projects that we're doing, you know, you know mm -hmm. the events, the public relations work that we're doing, web development, you know, whatever it was that we're working on, they get a very comprehensive update so they know that, you know, we haven't forgotten about them and that we're pushing the ball forward. Right. Well, we have multiple people that work at Buzz Media and we would have to get information from each individual uh, who's working on a particular client right. to get that update. And it's a very cumbersome process. So everybody had to basically send me an email about what they were working on. And then I would have to pull different pieces of information from multiple emails, mm -hmm. consolidate it into a single email that goes to a client and then I would send that over to somebody else who would eventually send it out. So you do that times 10 to 20 clients, all of a sudden you're spending an entire day doing an update right. every single week. Right. I was like, there's gotta be a solution out there for this because I would pay for it. There is no solution, <laughs> no solution. And we, so we were doing this thing for years. Every Sunday I'd spend you know, most of my day in a coffee shop doing these updates and I finally said, you know, screw it. Um, we're, gonna, we're gonna invest in this and build it ourselves. Mm -hmm. So um, we launched our platform, gosh, I think like three or four years ago. Okay. Maybe four years ago, it's called Update Captain. And basically allows multiple people to collaborate on an update yep. in the form of an email. Um, and then once everybody signs off on their update, you click a button and you send it out to everybody. We can handle all of our updates in about 15 to 20 minutes. Wow. So it saves us a bunch of time. Ouch. So we don't, nobody's using it except for us. We built it, so it is scalable, yeah. but we haven't invested in uh, really getting it out there to the rest of the world. Uh -huh. um, but we've looked into it. Um, but we own it. It's ours. Right. And we don't have to pay anybody to use it. Yeah, yeah. So that's nice. Well, for sure. And so who do you think that's suited for? I guess for other companies that have those kinds of... Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because... I mean, do you, Let me ask you. Do, I'm sorry, I just cut you off. Yeah. Do you send out the email to the client from... Update Captain as well, or is that? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So um, we also use it for Urban Coworks. Mm -hmm. So it can be used for you know any business that's sending out any kind of communication that requires multiple people to contribute to that piece of information. Yeah. Um, can use the system. Mm -hmm. It saves a lot of time. Yeah. You can use it for board uh, board of directors. You know for uh, consent agendas and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very flexible. Yep. So we use it at Urban Coworks to uh, con uh, collaborate on emails that go out to our members. 
Okay. So Kristen and I yep. will go back and forth on update, Captain, uh, to put together these emails. She can put something together. I can approve it. She sends it out. Does it get sent out through the software, or do you then mm -hmm. send it out through MailChimp? Or it, gets... it goes out through the software. Oh, cool. Okay. So all of the updates that you've been receiving yeah. actually come from updatecaptain.com. I'm going to have to pay more attention to that yeah. and see, look into that, that piece of software. It's, what about, it's how, pretty nifty. Have you tried like or seen you know, things like Slack and Basecamp and yep. stuff like that? And uh, yeah, we looked at Slack and uh, Slack is pretty useful for an ongoing commu uh, like communications, more like texting to a large group of people. Yep. And it's kind of a, kind of a free-flowing conversation. Yeah. Uh, with Update Captain, it's a snapshot. So uh, when we have a new member sign up at Urban Coworks, they'll get uh, an orientation email mm -hmm. that has um, a list of all the different things that they need to know about as a member. Um, periodically, um, we send out uh, notices through Update Captain about the different events that we've got going on. So it's, it's a different type of thing. You can't really do that through Slack. Okay. That, if one uh, project management management piece of software I like, I like is called Asana. Have you ever heard of that one? I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's another alternative in that realm. I mean, I don't think it does what Update Captain does. Right. It's, so Update Captain is really for people um, who are creating a message and sending it to somebody that needs to know about that information mm -hmm. without making that person log into a system to receive it. Yeah, that could so be really nice. That's it, that's a big challenge with a lot of companies is that you know they they invest in you know Asana or Trello or or something, mm -hmm. and then they don't get a hundred percent buy-in. Right. So some people are not using it. Some people are using it, and you never really have that snapshot of what's happening today. Yeah. And that's we're, we're more like the Twitter of project management with uh, with Update Captain. Hmm. And how the yeah how the announcements yeah. go out to people. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, a little bit different. What about um, are there any uh, cloud services you other services oh, yeah. you use and love? I love Rackspace. Rackspace. I've been using Rackspace for email for years. It's very easy to use. And when you say you use it. You use it as an email host? As, is there, do they offer other services you make use of? They do or? offer other services. They offer um, hosting services, like um, website, you know, for your websites and stuff like that. Yep. But we just use it for email. Yeah. And uh, we use it for Buzz Media. We use it for Urban Coworks. I have to say, I, well. I use Rackspace as a, um, as a, a sellable product, email product. Yeah. Although I use um, the G Suite, you know, the Google Suite oh, okay. services for email. And so, I, I mean, I like them both. I love the, um, actually, I love Rackspace because of the cost. Because oh, so cheap. It's, it's very inexpensive. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily need all the G Suite services. They're wonderful services, but you don't necessarily need them all. Right. Um, I like that. Anything else? Let's see. We use Rackspace. For email. How about calendaring? Mm, Google calendars. You do use it. We have a lot of calendars. Yeah. So we have a calendar for Buzz Media. We have a calendar for Urban Coworks conference rooms. We have a calendar for the public events that we do on 
at Urban Coworks. We've mm -hmm. got a family calendar. We've got um, you know, mul multiple calendars. Yep. And having them all roll up to one place is very convenient. Very handy. Yeah. We also use uh, Calendly. Yes. Yep. Describe that. I use that too. Oh, great. Yeah, it's a, that's a pretty good tool. So if you are interested in dropping your home office and coming into a more professional environment and you're searching online for something and you find yourself on our website, if you click on book a tour on our website, it'll take you to the Calendly app that allows you to schedule a tour. It's very simple. And then yeah. it just shows up on our calendar, on our Google calendar. Right. So yeah, so that, very that is handy. Calendly, L-Y dot com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we use that. We use Google Calendar. We use Rackspace. We use um, uh, MailChimp for our e email marketing. Yep. Um, we use both WordPress and um, something that you're not so fond of, <laughs> Wix, <laughs> for, uh, for websites, as well as... Um, uh, Webflow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank so you for those that three um, different platforms. Right. And it really depends upon the kind of client that we have, um, or the personal preference that we have as a as a company for our own website. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I should explain, right? For for web design and development, um, there are all sorts of fantastic tools out there like Wix, Squarespace, Weebly. Without indicating my preference for any of those, mm -hmm. you know that I just find that they have limitations. I mean, I, I most Somebody of the stuff that I knows how to do it. Yeah, it's well, restricted. Oh, oh I'm sorry, just those. kicked it. So, but you know yeah. what? People <laughs> have problems even with the Wixes and Weeblies and Squarespaces. Yeah. So I, I don't, to my mind, that's not the the, the clincher. Although I, I perfectly understand that it can be for other folks. Yeah. Um, WordPress WordPress can be confusing for sure. Um, I just, I love it for the flexibility and all that skill. You can do whatever you want in WordPress. Yeah. And but then you got to make sure you optimize it in every browser, which is... Yes. Not that that's... I, well, I, I mean, you really need to do that, do that for any kind of website that you're developing. Yeah, you, you pretty much do. So... Yeah. Um, but... Um, so, when you started doing all this stuff, Buzz, how long ago? Do you want to say how long ago you started? I don't know. Is it over? Yeah, uh, 2009. Okay, so 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, did you imagine that you would be using all these services that you just talked about right now? or it, 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 How oh, different yeah. is it from 10 years ago? And we should probably end there, just because I, I don't want to take up more of your time. Yeah, yeah. Um, The market has changed so much, and there's so many tools that are available, and it's becoming easier and easier and easier for any individual to manage their own um, presence online, mm -hmm. for any company to do that. So in the beginning, you needed to go to somebody to get set up with email. I got to get an email account, and if you, nobody really knew how to do it. You would go to a provider, 
and and they would take you through all the steps and they would host it on their own servers um, you know there's cloud-based systems for um, hosting email GoDaddy for example for hosting um, you know your websites mm -hmm. it wasn't that easy it's so easy you can you can put your whole entire business infrastructure marketing and communications infrastructure together in a day if you wanted to to start a business Back in 2009, it would take you weeks or many, many months, depending upon mm -hmm. you know how, how much time you had to put into it. Um, and it would cost you a lot of money. Now you can do it for very little money and you can get up and running fast. Yeah, it is amazing. It's crazy how fast things have changed and how accessible uh, technology has become. Yeah. Um, Jeff Karankin, I'm going to say thank you there, and I'm going to ask, um, where can people find you? Well, they can find me on LinkedIn. Okay. They can find us through Buzz Media Solutions and UrbanCoworks.com. Okay. Um, it's really been a, a terrific conversation. I really appreciate your spending a little Absolutely. bit of time with me. It's been today. a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for letting us get inside. Um, Urban Coworks and, and Buzz yeah. Media Solutions a little bit. And, uh, Anytime. All right. Thanks a lot. Yep, thank you. And uh, I guess we'll call it a wrap. All right. <laughs>